This is the way. This is the way. Hello there. So say we all. May the force be with you. You're a wizard, Harry. I am Iron Man. What about second breakfast? Assemble. You're here because you know something. Whoa, this is heavy. I volunteer as tribute. I'm Batman. You have chosen wisely. The North remembers. Go infinity and beyond. The force will be with you. Welcome to the Nerdverse, nerds, and happy Thanksgiving! Today, this corner of the Nerdverse is for all you Star Wars and MCU nerds out there. I'm Joanna Stone and Sky Krupnik. And I'm Brian Hubby. Why are you gambling so much? Plofsky. <laughs> and we're so happy you could ask us to take you in to be with us today. Because today in the Nerdverse, we are tuning up our instruments and leaving the cold rigors of space to give you our thoughts on the season one finale of Andor on Disney+, Plus, as well as our instant reactions to the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Some housekeeping. Uh, be sure to head to the feed and check out all of our past episodes where we have been covering every episode of Andor thus far. And that's not all. Check out our episode on Wakanda Forever. Uh, we have also recently covered Tales of the Jedi, House of the Dragon, Rings of Power, and She-Hulk. Those and all of our other episodes, and there are tons when we say all. Uh, they're all there waiting for you on our feed. And just so you know, we've been putting uh, lately some mashup episodes, multiple shows that we cover in one episode. And that's because there's just been so much content, it's hard to cover it all. So just check the timestamps in our show notes of every episode, and you can skip around and listen to whatever shows uh, float your boat. Yeah, and you may be thinking, how can you keep up with all this? Well, it's easy. Just be sure you're subscribed to the Nerdverse with Joanna and Brian on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And follow along on the socials, of course, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, at the Nerdverse Pod. But first, as we start all of our episodes, this is your spoiler alert alert. I repeat, this is your spoiler alert alert. We're going to be spoiling all of Andor, possibly some Rogue One, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, maybe potentially talking about stuff from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We might spoil Thor, Love and Thunder as well. This is your spoiler alert alert. Um, fantastic. But first, before we get into anything, Joanna, should we uh, dip into some Nerdverse news? Let's do it. All right. What call is shouting? All right. <laughs> Joanna, you have a list of some super cool stuff. What, what should we talk about today in our news segment? Well, I think the biggest thing that is relevant to our lives, since we are probably carrying the entire Disney franchise on our podcast back, um, <laughs> is the the bobs, the shakeup with Disney. We had um, a bob switch, bobbing for money, <laughs> apples, bobbing for, money. Bobbing for streamers. Yeah, Bob, uh, Bob Iger's back. Ithaca alum, go Bombers. <laughs> yes, go Bombers, Ithaca alum, Bob Iger. Uh, Bob Chapek uh, was in, and now he's out, and Bob yeah. uh, Iger is back, which is big, I think. That's huge. That kind of happened, like, overnight, like, crazy, pretty wild, if you ask me. You know, and people know Bob Iger as more of, like, the creative content guy, and then mm -hmm. Chapek was more of the money guy. So I think... I prefer it if it's creative content. Um, yeah, I think so, so. I think this is a good choice, but I don't know. There's, I mean, Disney, it's the streaming wars. 
we're all just living in it right now. <laughs> we're just, we're um, all just absorbing it. It's a mess. So I'm assuming this is all part of that. I know the parks are involved as well, but um, this is a big Disney Plus, uh, I think, move. Like this is that's the the big reason that this happened. So yeah. That's really big. And then this isn't like really news, but there is a new Avatar Way of the Water trailer. I am well, so excited for this movie. Oh, <laughs> Me what? too. That was a good trailer. But I think the bigger news is that Avatar is now back on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. And I want my $4.99 back, Disney. <laughs> they like, gotcha. What? This is the thing. It, it punished me. Because I was on top of it. Like, I wanted to watch Avatar sure. again just too early. So they they knew and they took it off. Yeah. And now they're like, for the last minute, folk, this is like the story of my life. Like, the procrastinator's winning. So they get to see it for free. I'm so yeah. happy. Well, anyway. I mean, procrastinator, I mean, like, we still have a couple of weeks till it comes out. Okay, so then what was I, Brian? I, I don't know, but you got your tickets, and that's what matters. <laughs> I got my tickets. I'm so yeah. excited. Um, not really news, but Willow comes out tom- uh, Monday. Uh, oh, yeah. We are recording this on a Saturday. Um, Willow comes out Monday. I watched Willow for the first time Oh, over Thanksgiving, and I loved it so much. That's not really news, but it's news. No, I think that's great. Um, I plan on rewatching it. I haven't seen it since I was a little kid. Uh, Was there anything that stood out for you without nostalgia associated with it? Was there anything that like really stood out to you on your first watch of Willow? Well, obviously, just how kind of amazing it was. And more, more, I'm more interested in knowing how this played into the landscape with Lucasfilm, like after a time of Star Wars, because it comes out after Return of the Jedi, Mm -hmm. 88, I think. So the technology has not um, gotten that much better than it was for the Star Wars movies. And I think maybe six or eight years had passed. Sure. Or something. Um, Because I was just thinking, like, was this there? Were they trying to hit another Star Wars with this? But, like, because everything, there's definitely, there's a Lord of the Rings element because it's, like, the... The cho- the, it's like the Fantasy, man's quest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like the, 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 you know, even the smallest people can make a difference um, sort of trope. So I don't know. It was more just like what was – I want to know what business – like what business was like at this time. That and, of course, Val Kilmer. Um, I get why he got Batman after seeing him in this. Mm, interesting. He wouldn't get it till 1995, I think. But – uh, that could be wrong, but um, I get it now, uh, 100%. And he had really good chemistry with the girl in it, and I was like, I wonder if they dated. And I looked it up, and sure enough, oh, they were married. Oh, really? I mean, I don't know anything about Willow, like, history-wise, outside of the fact that I've seen it once. You know what yeah. I mean? no, totally. Which is more than um, I think anyone. I don't know who's, like, following, like, the Willow feed of news, but... Yeah, I, I, it was so, it was so great and heartwarming. And I was like crying at the end when he like comes home to all of his, his friends yeah, um, sure. in their little village. And oh God, I'm, I'm so, and so then I rewatched the D23 funny video where Warren oh, Davis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> introduces all the new cast and it's so funny. I mean, it was funny then, but it's funnier even now. 
And then I watched the trailer because, again, I didn't mm-hmm. really appreciate it when I watched it. Sure. And now I'm like, wow, this is going to be really good. I'm I'm really excited. The trailer is excellent for this Willow yeah. TV show. Yeah. It looks – it's just – I mean, technology has come a long way, obviously. Uh, yeah, I'm – I'm really excited about Willow. That's awesome. Um, you know what I watched uh, this past weekend? I watched Disenchanted. I have not. Tell me all about it. Uh, I did not enjoy it. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, I don't really want to watch it. Sure. Uh, so I'm glad I should So I'll, I'll go through my – so for full thoughts, I recorded a Broad Wasted episode with Aaron J. Albano who's been on this show. So check out the Broad Wasted episode uh, with Aaron Um However, my high-level thoughts are basically um, the plot was a little bit all over the place. It missed the fun tone of the first one where it was actually like a send-up or a parody of um, fairy tales. Uh, It was a very different tone and feel to this one. And basically um, uh, Stephen Schwartz and uh, Mencken – Mm-hmm. Basically, like for like, didn't write a hook for these songs. Like there, there are no earworms in my head at all, oh, which is no. wild because that's what they do best. And all of these songs to me just fell completely flat when it came to like singing them. I'm still singing songs from the first one. This one just How totally does didn't work. He know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, one hundred percent. Anyway, those are my high level thoughts. I did not enjoy it. However, it is on Disney Plus. Check it out. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it, Disenchanted was not my fan. I love the first one. So, oh well. All right, I'm gonna, I'll leave it at at that memory then, because I don't want to yeah. soil it. it. It's a fine background, you know what I mean. Like if you throw it on the background while you're doing something else, that's fine. But it's not great, not great, Bob. That's fine. Also, literally this isn't, not great, Bob. This isn't really nerdy, but White Lotus season three, it's happening. Oh yeah, I saw it got picked up. Yeah, super excited. Um, Are you watching season two currently? Yo, yes, big time. Big time. Take Are me you to enjoying Sicily. it? Yes. I want to go to Sicily so badly. And mm. also it's just really, it's, yeah, it's so, it's great. I love it. Um, I, 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 I think it's incredible considering the show was never supposed to go past the first season. And then sure. they, HBO was like, Mike White, make some more. Uh, that I, I mean, we'll see how it all, because it's always a little murder mystery. So we'll see how it all shakes out. But at the mm-hmm. moment, yes, I freaking love it. Yeah, I haven't I binged season 1 and loved it and I'm waiting to binge season 2 because I really enjoyed my binge of oh. season 1. Yes, if you can if you can hold that back, then go ahead and do that. That's great. Yeah, I have no time to watch it anyway, so I'm, I'm Yes, we know, Brian, you're very busy and very I'm a busy guy, you know. I'm watching Disenchanted, I watched Beast, the Idris oh. Elba lion movie. Yeah, I saw that trailer a lot cuz we saw so many Marvel movies that Yeah, that yeah. Month. How was, was that? It was fun. It's a it's an animal attack movie starring Andrew Alba. He punches a lion. It's great. How does the lion look? The, oh, the CGI of the lion was actually quite good. All right. Yeah, surprisingly so. But yeah, Beast is on Peacock. Check out Beast. I really had a good time watching it. it if you like, if you like uh, animal attack movies, you will like Beast. That's the bottom line. I will. I feel like I'll feel bad for the lion. You do a little bit, but you feel worse for the people, I guess. You definitely feel bad for the lion. You do not feel bad for poachers. No, you never feel bad for poachers. Ever. Well, that's been our news segment. Uh, Should we uh, jump into the the, uh, Star Wars and MCU uh, customs sector? I don't even know what to say anymore. Sector of the nerdverse. Sector of 
the Nerdverse. I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet, and I'm going to see the world. Let me see your identification. This week, we're heading into the Star Wars and MCU sectors of the Nerdverse. You, you say it so much more eloquently than I can. It's in the script that I'm supposed to say it, not so I I know. I lost my place. I lost my place. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Uh, yeah. Let me see your passport. Do you want to do Star Wars? Let's. Or what are we doing first? Are we doing... Yeah, let's... Let's. We'll show all of our passports, then we'll figure out what we want to do first. All right. Um, all right. Let's start with you, Joanna. What's your, what's your Star Wars passport? I have seven bricks. Seven bricks. Awesome. Um, I have nine uh, Marva holograms. Oh, those are very large. I hope there's room. Well, it's a little. It's a little. It's a little bitty you know, emoji. Um, and what is your MCU passport? Uh, eight candy canes. Oh, mine are. I have nine uh, blow up elves. Little men. Little yeah, little men, man, little it. green men. Fantastic. Um, let's start with, I want to start with um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, okay, great. Um, all right, w- Joanna, what did you think of the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special? It was cute. I liked it. Your voice got very high. I, I appreciated uh, all of its whimsy and fun and... Uh, <laughs> It was great, and it had a little heart and a little bit of new information. Yes. So I liked it. What did, yeah. what did you think? Oh, I hated it. Oh, why? I I, I, I thought it wasn't charming. I thought it was <laughs> not funny. I no. thought it had its moments, but I really think it was a big miss for me. I, I absolutely did not. I don't think that Drax and Mantis together are funny. I didn't laugh once. So what do you think happened? I don't know. I think that I, I don't like that combination. I also don't think that uh, Chris Pratt phoned that thing in in his like two lines. Um, we, you know, I like the exposition. I like the, the pieces of information we got that we need for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. But I didn't find the Kevin Bacon stuff funny. I didn't find Mantis and uh, Drax together any of their lines funny. I, I, I truly, I didn't enjoy them in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two together. So this was just like never going to really pull it off for me. Groot looks super jacked and okay, weird. No, okay, wait, 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 we, we'll stop there. Sorry, sorry, well, sorry. No, no. Well, okay. sorry. Well, no, no, Joanna, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. It's, you're no, just, there's, I'm sorry. A, there's a lot to unpack <laughs> a lot with to what unpack. you're saying. So I agree. I agree. First of all, the, okay, let's just talk about the, the overall visual. So we, what we know is they filmed this in a studio, in a sound, a soundstage, uh-huh. I believe. And then they also did this either during, I think they did this during the, um, Thor Love and they either did this during Thor Love and Thunder filming or Suicide Squad. Guardians 3 might have been what they did during Suicide Squad. I don't remember. I don't want to get this wrong, but they they tackled this on the tail end of something else. Mm. So that being said, I'm curious if that limited like the scope. Second thing is, yeah, Groot was like definitely just in a costume for majority of it. Yes, 100%. I think they had the budget for Groot visually like twice. And they did do a CGI like fix of it maybe twice. But the rest was definitely a far away person wearing. In a costume. Yes. No question. It had to be. No question. 
And it was filmed in this, the camera quality was like, almost like Christmas, like it was like um, old movie musicals that we would watch that like were, you know, Christmas in the Square, like something that's like live. It sure. looked livey, um, which I thought maybe was intentional, but well, now I think the, it's, it wasn't. Yeah, I don't know, because the cartoon obviously was intentional, like, like to feel of like course. you're watching a Christmas special, all of that. But like, man... It just didn't work for me at all. I love the music. The music was really fun and great. Did we know Kevin Bacon could sing? Was this all a vehicle to get him his singing career off the ground? I know that he can sing. I know that he's like in a band and stuff like that. Like that that didn't surprise me. Uh... But I just thought that it was that stuff was was good. So let's take a step back for a second. The three pieces of exposition that we need to know moving into Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three are. One, that Mantis is the half-sister of Peter Quill. Yes. Two, that now Cosmo is a part of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And Russian and a woman. Yes. Mm-hmm. And three, that they purchased Nowhere from the Collector, and now their base of operations is Nowhere. Oh, I missed that. Okay. I knew they were nowhere, but I didn't know all that. Okay. Yeah, they said that at the beginning. So those are the three things that seem the most important um, for moving forward into the into volume three. That and Drax can jump really high, has I, a lot of strength. Yeah, well, we, we kind of knew that already. Did we? I was like, yeah. wow. At the I, beginning of volume two, when they're fighting that weird thing, yeah. he jumps pretty high to okay. like... You know, that's that one. And also Mantis has that cool power where she can, like, cling to walls and jump off of it. That was super yeah. cool. Uh, yeah. So definitely got some more powers fleshed out, which is very helpful. We can yeah, always totally. use more powered, <laughs> powered-powered people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't, I also – I'll also say, just before I forget this point, I know that it was a Christmas, like, heartwarming story. Holiday. Hot, well, yes. I mean, it was Christmas. It was though, Christmas. Yeah, yeah, let's not let's not beat yeah. around the Christmas tree. There, I saw no menorahs. No, no, but In nowhere. Yes. However, what I will say is that I know it was a Christmas like sentimental situation, but it was so predictable. And I know that Christmas movies are predictable. I'm not. I'm not like using that as an excuse. But it was so predictable and just didn't work with your heartstrings. Because usually, if something is predictable, it'll still work on your heartstrings. But pull on them. But at the end, when she tells him that um, she's his half sister, like I don't know. It just felt like everyone was phoning everything in. I, for 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 my taste, so like that it didn't part- work for me. That part worked for me. That was the only part that worked for me was Chris Pratt in that moment. But I do agree. It's, I think he's just good. I do agree that, like, I don't even know if he had time for hair and makeup. Um, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, he was like, I guess he kind of looked like that in Thor, which is why I think that they did this. They must have done this during Thor. Yeah, and that's also the disappointing thing for me. They were so they were wasted so much in Thor Love and Thunder and I just felt like they were kind of wasted in this again. I, and I know that the point of this was just to be a holiday fun special, like with no real like impact on the MCU as we know it. And it was supposed to be just like fun. I really didn't find this fun. I found this to be a 44 minute trudge. Interesting. I mean, I loved Kevin Bacon's Christmas decorations. I <laughs> yeah. uh, liked the animation and I really did. I connected to the Yondu stuff. But oh. I, 
Mm-hmm. The Yondu animated stuff was the best part of this in terms of like at the end where that's where he gets his guns from. Like, and it's it's funny because Yondu gives him weapons as his Christmas present. Like, I yeah. kind of liked how like bizarre that is, even though it fits right into kind of their relationship. Right. Um, and I also um, I thought that the the song the as as a lyricist, I ask you as a lyricist. Sure. Uh, I thought the lyrics of the song were pretty funny. Oh, I uh, cracked the up. old ninety seven saying at the beginning. Yes, I, I had a blast listening to that song. Yeah. It was really fun. The lyrics were clear. It had a nice hook. Honestly, the songs in this were ten times better than the ones in Enchanted. These had hooks. Like I was oh, enjoying I'm... them while I was listening to um, Disenchanted. Excuse me, Disenchanted. Yes, don't don't spoil no, Enchanted. No, it did no, no, nothing no. wrong. No, no, no. Um, yeah, I think yeah, I, I had low expectations, but it certainly I have more questions about like the how and like and the behind the scenes things than I really do about sure the actual special. Yeah, and and I, I appreciated Kira Sedgwick's um, uh, voice. like voiceover cameos, <laughs> but. Long story short, phase four is now officially complete. Yeah. And I am very excited. I enjoyed phase four more than most people, I think. I think both of us enjoyed phase four way more than most people. I don't know, Brian. I'm a little worried, but I did enjoy it. Yeah. Well, phase five is coming next. We got some really cool things on the docket, but you and I overall really enjoyed phase four. We like Black Widow more than most people. It has grown on us. That's we- true. We both enjoyed Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, even Shang-Chi, though it made. We both liked, or I liked. No, we both loved we it. We both liked. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah we both liked that. Um, we differ a little bit on the TV shows, but overall, I would say the large majority of them we enjoyed. Don't the forget one, Eternals. That's the one that we probably, along with the rest of the world, the one that like just didn't rub us the right way. Yeah. Yeah, there's just a lot of things out in, out there right now, and I'm I'm just really curious about the connective tissue. But mm-hmm, I am too. I am very excited for Ant Man. I I hope that that answers. I this is Ant Man is now the Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, where like I assumed that that movie was going to tie everything and make and start to pave the road, and it didn't. And so I'm right. now I'm hoping it's going to be Ant-Man that's going to do that. Yeah, me too. It's it very much seems like Ant-Man is going to do that. Let's hope. Let's hope indeed. All right. Shall we switch over to Andor? Yes. Okay. Uh Joanna, what did you think of episode 12, the finale of our boy Andor? I am so sad that the show is over. Me too. I loved it so much. So much. I just, oh God, I'm just, headline thoughts. I thought that this show was a triumph. A triumph. I think, (laughs) yes, I think Cassian's arc was really, really well done and Mm -hmm. tight even though it has more to go, the the mini arc that we've seen now is is really tight and really beautiful. And I loved the themes. Um, I loved what happened. I that, that oh, headline thoughts. That's I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. What about yeah. you? I loved it. And I think the strength of the finale is that it didn't do what it expected what I expected it to do at all. Yeah. I loved that 
So Andor is going back to Ferrix. And on Ferrix, he we anticipate he's going to run into everybody. And it's going to be some sort of a crazy showdown. And that scene never happens. He, he as an individual, never has any issues on Ferrix. He was just the reason that people came there. And why everyone was there when this, basically a rebellion broke out in Ferrix on her, you know, celebration day, on Marva's celebration day. I really didn't expect that to happen in terms of there not being a showdown between Andor and other characters. He just like really wasn't connected to anyone except for Bix and Luthen really in the end. And I just absolutely loved that so, so much. And all of the thematic elements, like you said, kind of wove together beautifully. It really set up a very interesting place to start um, season two. And I, I want season two yesterday. I want it. I want it immediately. Me too. I something that I pulled from this episode, I don't think I've ever felt the weight of a blaster shot in the Star Wars universe ever as much as I did in this episode. Like it's just shooting stormtroopers just like pew pew yeah. pew pew. Like stunning. It's like not really like I felt yeah, violence. Yeah in the blasters and That's I don't think really I've ever really, point. they've, they've just felt like a dime a dozen in every other star Wars, uh, you know, project. And yeah. this was like, they kept the camera on him for like 10 seconds. Yeah. And, and they really, really played up that thud, like the <sighs> sound design of the thud and him coming down and then, and then holding the camera there to make you absorb what is actually happening in this moment was yeah. just absolutely devastating and dynamic. Yeah. I, um, I thought that there, there was this awesome, this show is like turning star Wars themes, not on their heads, but like it kind of, I don't know. The show kind of defies a lot of the norm, the star Wars stuff that we're used to. Sure. And something that was like really, uh, sort of personified was, this whole thing about trying and we literally have Yoda as knowing like do or not do. There is mm -hmm. no try. And this is like, just try. And what is Yoda doing right now on Dagobah, by the way, not trying. Yeah. Um, but Whoa. I still, Whoa. Sorry, Whoa. but it's true. Calling out Yoda there. That's wild. Where is he? He's, He's not doing stews. trying. He's making stew. That's not trying. <laughs> Um, yeah. So by like, as a, from a storytelling perspective, Cassian's arc, you know, he, we, at the beginning of the series, you know, it's like, uh, Barrasso says, make yourself useful. Yeah. Cassian's like cynical and he's not useful in episode 12. He does not have to be told to be useful. He's no longer so self-centered and he's not out just to save himself. He, he used to impose on his friends and family to, you know, to cover for him. And now they helped him out, not out of obligation, but because he's now acting on others, others behalves, mm -hmm. leave it better than you found it. That was, um, Pegla says that at some point and that, which is like, he says it sarcastically. And at sure. the end of the season, like that's, that's the Cassian way. I think he says he does that. Yeah, and I think there's something pretty special about the fact that Cassian in that last sequence goes to see Luthen and he says, what does he say? He says, kill me or take me in. 
mm-hmm. and then Luthen smiles. And that double meaning behind take me in is so powerful in that moment. We've seen him go through so much. And what I think was beautiful about this episode is you have Cassie and Andor who in the first three episodes kind of is indoctrinated into kind of what's happening into the larger world. Then you have him learning about the manifesto and what rebels actually want and that got kind of being ingrained in him through the um, manifesto that is given to him. And, and, and then we get the voiceover of the manifesto in this episode. So you have that. Then you have the... Um, Narkina five episodes where he really feels the weight of the uh, empire on his neck in the prisons, you know, at, which we find out at the end of this episode, we were both right that the pieces they were making are for the death stars, basically like kill dish. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, which obviously is an ironic that he helped build the thing that would eventually kill him. And um, Yeah, exactly. And um, uh, on that note, uh, he says at the beginning, like, I've been in this since I was six. Not only do we kind of, and this is one thing I have, well, I guess I'll, it's a question I have about the episode or the series as a whole so far. But, um, you know, he leaves uh, Canari. We presume, though we don't get closure as to, like, what the incident was, but we assume it was mm-hmm. mined for parts. We assume that it's Death Star related. So not mm, only is possibly. he kicked out from his home, because of the Death Star. And then he is, yeah, he goes to Narkina making parts. And then, of course, he is the one that takes it down, but it will inevitably kill him as well. So, right. and then full circle. Totally. Full Death Star circle. And then you get to this episode. And what I think is special about this episode is that he is already on the side of the rebellion, whether he knows it or not. And with Marva's beautiful, aggressive speech and that concept of like, while we were sleeping, they were working and like all of that stuff, like to have that and or needed to see Marva say those things or hear at least Marva say those things, because that kind of fills him with even more purpose. He has all of this personal experience. And plus the one person that he misses the most and trusts the most that really that raised him is the one kind of like giving her final I'm proud of you moment. Like I give you permission to do this. And I think that was like pretty, pretty spectacular. So I, I actually initially when I watched it, I was like, this thinks that she, that he's not seeing this. Yeah. He's like hearing it kind of, but then I realized when I watched it again, I was like, no, he got his speech from Marva. Not only did he get it from her herself a while ago about the love, right? but he gets it. He gets it from Brasso. Like she, I, that, incredible line that made me start crying which is i love you more than anything he could i love him more than anything he could ever do wrong mm-hmm. and that he knows everything he needs to know and he you know all all of his intentions are good and when they intersect it's going to be amazing and he's yeah. the spark the spark of rebellion which makes us think of so many other things in star wars mm-hmm. um i just i love the idea that he didn't she would want him to be doing what he's doing right now. She doesn't need him to sit there and like wallow in grief down in the square on Rick's road. Like right. he's, he knows he's already been empowered by her. Yeah. So I really loved that. I also loved that this speech was in this, the Rick's road, which I think is what she's talking about when she says that she, for like 13 years, whatever, she could never walk through it. Cause it's where they hang hung Clem up. Mm-hmm. And then the other, then when, Aldani happened, which is something that that Cassian did. 
that she doesn't know he did, but that sparked her, which before I move any further, like this is probably the first like fight in the civil, like the galactic war that we know of. Ferrix or Aldani? I think Ferrix is what, as I'm calling Ferrix, the actual battle. Cause it's kind of the first one. I don't know. So regardless, he, he ignites it. He is the Ember because it gets her all fired up. And then she's like, I'm feeling rebellious. And I, and you know, she's going to the hotel and Mm -hmm. she's freeing up those, or she's making sure those tunnels are open that he will later use. Yes. And anyway, she does her speech on the hologram in that square, which I think is beautiful. And I know I'm talking a while, but the, the, just in terms of, again, the overall like poeticness of this moment, like the hotel is covered. We see these bricks and we know now that these are like the people, they are holding in all of these structures like the hotel, which is now a prison of the empire. And it's almost like protection. I don't know. It's like, it's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. And when Andor goes up to touch Clem's brick, like I, I that definitely washed over me in a different way this time. And then just him saving Bix and it being like, no, 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 I'm I'm like, of course I'm gonna get her. And like I was worried that she wasn't gonna come. And me I'm too. I, I'm hoping that we I, I think that what a juicy piece of acting she'll be able to do next year, um, in season two with kind of that PTSD um of that experience she had but i'm happy and i'm glad he didn't go with them um like that whole sequence was just like pretty 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 wonderful um and uh you know it all this all came together in such a spectacular way i couldn't have i couldn't have asked for something better than this i loved having nemec's manifesto running through it yeah thought that was so great um i love that shot when he's like listening to it in his like weird dilapidated junkyard shit yeah, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the, just the tension. If we can talk about the, the, like basically the big set piece, the big moment of this episode. Yeah, sure. Of course, the speech. Like, first of all, don't you ever push my dear sweet B2 emo. B, you can't, you can never be too emo. Are you kidding me? Like, just, and then he crawls away like a freaking rat. Anyway, <laughs> um, protect B2 emo. I thought that something was, it was, I was so stressed because I was like, something is happening in this moment. Everyone's like looking and the music. I mean, Nicholas Bertel, like the score, it's not beautiful. only did he have to do crazy, like Aldani folk music and Coruscant classy music and, and this marching band, this sweet oh my God, little I know. marching band. Which is, I, I heard an interview with uh, Tony Gilroy, and he was like, there's just something so sad and pathetic, but heartwarming about, like, high school marching bands sure. that are, like, kind of bad, and that's why they did this. Were you in the marching band? No, I played piano, and you can't march with one of those. You cannot. I was in marching band. What did you? Oh, sax? Trumpet. Trumpet? Trumpet. trumpet. I knew it was a brass. I played trumpet in the marching band. I was not very good. Really? Yeah. You got those big fingers. I know, but I, I just couldn't keep up. It was too fast. <laughs> like, like I couldn't memorize the music the way that other people memorize the oh, music. Oh, yeah. You needed Marilyn Nord a little sooner in your yeah, life. Yeah, pro- pro- probably, possibly. Um, 
Yeah, I thought it was so tense. And, you know, the music starts to pick up. And, uh, yeah, it's just all... It's just all crazy. And then you have the the time grappler, as he's called, uh, the one that's striking the anvil in the oh, clock tower. When when the stormtrooper fell, I laughed out loud. That's <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh. um, yeah, it was just, man. And then, of course, uh, on this theme, like you have this young boy from the start who's, uh, I f- I'm forgetting his father's name, but who mm, was yeah. tortured first. He, his hologram is there, like, and he's building this bomb, bomb, and you have the, you know, the, the flashbacks to Clem with Cassian and like looking down, if they don't look down far enough, like they don't know what they have basically, or kind of like a business model that's like they make they keep making new versions of these and then these ones are not useful anymore it's yeah, like but, apple phones right but also like it's it's you know it's a different version of andor in terms of the his father figure was hung in the middle of the square and this kid's did something about it obviously like there we can talk about the ethics of what he did and all of that but um you know and 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 you have him acting out where Andor kind of touches that Clem uh, brick that is, you know, a foil to what this kid is doing as well. So there, there's all of that working through this episode. And that whole Ferric sequence was great. And we haven't even talked about um, Cyril and Miro. No. Oh, gosh, no. But uh, I just I also wanted to say that they have this theme of climb throughout the whole show now, which was done again in this in this episode, like when he tells them at the end to climb in the ship and he does another climb over the wall, there's this climb mm. and then there's water, of course, the Narkina water and like the, uh, there's, there's water and there is, and like flooding the, the, um, that word is used a ton. Um, and it all comes full circle in this last, last episode. So it's just like sure. really well done not even talking about the actual content. Like it's just really good storytelling and really well constructed. Totally. Um, and then we have Cyril and Miro who Cyril saves her and she's actually thankful. Um, and that's where they kind of end there. And there's, I'm very excited to see what they do next with those two. Like, is she going to hire him? Are we going to find out that they both are ISB? You know what I mean? Like, is there a way for him to redeem himself? Meaning like he ends up becoming an in, inside man. You know what I mean? Like I'm wondering what they'll do from those, from that perspective. Right. So definite kiss or kill space uh, that they were in in that supply closet. Um, yeah. I, I, I will be very, very disappointed if that turns into a, a relationship, a romantic relationship. Yeah. I don't think it will. I think it's meant to right. be, yeah, just like a just a lonely obsession, um, big time. But yeah, that part was was I was like kind of chuckling during that a little bit because it was not bit. because it was silly, but because it was just they're they're these they're so incredibly high strung in this moment they were just so yeah. vulnerable. So it was just really it was it was a credit to the two actors. It was totally just really funny. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. I think I I never thought that she would ever take him in to work for her, but now I think she will, which is how I think this will intersect. Yeah. And then 
we have some of the best stuff. Uh, uh, the Mon Mothma, of course. Well, of course, we can't forget Mon. <laughs> so here's my question for you. With Mon Mothma, I was very surprised, very surprised, that she still introduced her daughter to um, what's-his-name's son because earlier in the episode, maybe you can help me understand this, you know, she's basically setting up her husband to take the fall for the missing money because she's accusing him of the gambling and and we're, we're finding out, finally, we get final confirmation that the new driver is spying on them and feeding information back to ISB. And, you know, and, and it was... I was very surprised when they still went through with the arrangement. It was always going to happen. We know that because like, that's where the narrative had to go. But I felt it, I thought it was very weird that they set up the fact that she was for me, she was trying to frame her husband for that missing 400,000 credits or whatever it is. Um, But they still went ahead with the other, the other plan. That was that I didn't understand that. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yeah. So I think, I think you're right. I think, my my interpretation was that she doesn't know it's going to work. So it was sort of a, a she was calling the the cab driver's bluff a little bit. So a she is not sure that that's going to work. So okay. it's definitely like an insurance policy. But two, I think that that helps explain why that why the money has been moving in weird ways. The loss of that huge amount may be something that she needs um the thug okay so what you're saying is she was just covering her basis to explain why the missing money was missing and then she was going to refill it by you know introducing the daughter to his son yeah i i I think that there's also money that's just been moving in general though which was something that the husband sure gambling can explain away not not that like this large chunk was necessarily the only thing missing but i think she says to vel earlier like she takes a hundred thousand credits and then she does a hundred thousand more so right the move so if they look into it further and they see other weird money moving around that's not like this huge gaping hole but just weird money moves then she's hoping that this will explain that away okay that makes but sense i really liked her taking off and giving us like her little neck um, moment in the car because, you know, she says that line, they won't notice like the knife at their throat. I don't know. I thought there was something interesting about like seeing her throat. Um, Yeah. And I can't wait for her to return to us. Oh my God. I'm so excited for her. And I'm, I'm just glad that Leda is happily happy to do this because she seems pretty she she did not the reaction of her in this episode did not seem as if she was doing something that she was like kind of interested yeah because she's like one with the braid or whatever she's totally into it and that's the only way that I was gonna be okay with this is because Mon could never I would never let her be such a monster in my mind a monster a mom's a mon monster monster yeah monster um so yeah, that was that was brief but good, um, good indeed. And I'm I'm curious with the Ferrex crew, Bix Brasso, um, the other daughter of the Fer- of Ferrex. I'm forgetting her name and B two. We assume we're going to see them. I mean, he will follow through because I think that that's his character yeah, now. I, I think well, I think that when season two starts. 
you know, they'll it's going to be a year later ish, less than a year later, because we have to do the last four years in in these four segments of season two. I I think exposition wise, he's probably either got to start with them or like halfway through the season, he like meets the again for the first time because he's just been off doing things with Lucian. So I don't yeah. I don't know. That's oh, and then we also get the Krieger like closure, I guess. Yeah, and she was pissed that they didn't take any prisoners. Right. And our buddy Lonnie was sad that they all died. So we saw that. Yeah. And our and um Jerry Blevins uh was, I don't know, back in this episode. Yeah. Um so that was yeah, that that all those loops all closed. I think the one loop that is I don't know if I'm just like I'm starting to learn what kind of show this is. And I you know, it's not crazy cameos and it's not right, like right. weird, oh, she's not really dead, she's alive, or Kino will we'll find Kino again. Um the sister. The sister I, I, thread, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm assuming that that will not be the end of it. Now Marva says, like, leave it. Like and maybe maybe that was his starting point and he had to move forward, but it seems a little strange that they didn't really like close that. And we still don't actually know why the officers who are like yellow from the chemicals, like what they were supposed to be. I mean, there's still some stuff we don't know. And, And maybe we will find out, but I, I agree with your assessment. I think that, this show started with Cassian trying to figure out his past and this show has moved to him trying to help the future. So like we, that is another way that we are seeing his complete and utter character arc in the first episode. He's asking about his past. Where's my sister. I need to find out about the past. He through this season has gotten to a place where he's only wondering about the future. Kill me or take me in. You know, yeah. and I think that that is just a, another example of how he is showing his his change. Yeah, and you know, when Marva says, "I love you more than I love him more than anything he could ever do wrong," that's also so perfect because at the very beginning, he B two is like Marva said, "You're out doing bad things with bad people, mm-hmm. lowering your morals or whatever," and it's just like at the end, she's like. Anything that you did, though, I love you mm-hmm. so much more than that. And so it's just, ah, it's so good. It's so good. So, so Joanna, here's the real question. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. Is Andor the best Star Wars TV show? And is Andor the best Disney Plus TV show? It is the best. Whew. It is, it is on par with Mando season two. Okay. It is the best Disney plus show of the year. Okay. In general. All right. It is definitely the best. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Mando's really good, but in a different way. Sure. Sure. Mando's the, that Mando's the one side of star Wars, the really good action cameos of really tying into some certain things. But like the writing isn't fancy. This is like a prestige show on Disney plus. Yes, absolutely. For star Wars fans, adults. So I mean, 
I feel like Mando to me is more nerdy Star Wars fun and amazing. And it, it broke through mm-hmm. into it's like it was so uh, influential and like, uh, you know, it was awesome when it came and how it came. Yeah. But this. Oh, this is special. This, this is special. You don't even need to watch Star Wars. There's no, no Jedi. There's no lightsabers. There's no force yet. No, I love it. I, I think what about it's you. I think it's the best Star Wars TV show, and I and I. But it's different than Mando. So if you, they're different tones, different flavors. However, I, there's a part of me that thinks that this is the best. Like, this is the probably the best TV show on Disney Plus. Like in terms of prestige and quality, the other ones are kind of like fun and whatnot. Like you know, my, I think my favorite is Wandavision of the other ones. So. Yeah, I was gonna say Wandavision is the one that's like pretty up there with it. Yeah, I think this is better than WandaVision in a different way. There's it's different. It's not fair. I know that. But, but it's great. In, ter- it's in terms pretty of special. What, what Disney Plus is trying to offer us, I think this is the fanciest. I don't know why I want to say fancy, but this it's is the, the fanciest. fanciest. Show. It, this could be on AMC. This could be on, you know, uh HBO Max. This could be on you know, uh, Showtime or whatever it is. You know, like this is this is really special. It's so tight and so well acted and so well made that it doesn't matter if you know you don't even have to know Rogue One. It definitely adds some flavor to it, but it does not like ruin your experience by having not seen it. Right. And so to speak about the Death Star bit at the end. So uh, first of all, shout outs to Gary for telling me that there was an end of credits because I would have never known. Um, well, and no. I, 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 I disagree. Here's your secret, Joanna. What? If the credit sequence doesn't let ask you to skip it. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Skip credits. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's true. I would have known, I guess. But yeah. apparently, like the screeners, like people didn't realize. So it's all about who who told who because people didn't know and then they had to quickly go back and watch it. Mm. But I, at first, I was like, ooh, are people going to like this? Because is this just like just this reminding us it's a star Wars story. Like, did we really need this? And again, I don't treat it like a stinger in the way the MCU does the stinger. No. I treat it just as a, as like, here's where we're going, a reminder of what's going on. And just like, just like a vibe of where, where we're at. Yeah. I also just saw it as a thematic tie in. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Um, and it was beautiful. Yeah. By the way. Gorgeous. Um, Question. Right. Yeah, okay. Of all the speeches in this show, and there have been some incredible ones. Okay. We have Kino's Narkina 5. Yep. We have Marva yep. Hollow. That's probably her best one. Mm-hmm. We have Luthen, My Mind is a Sunless Space. And we have Nemec's Manifesto. Am I forgetting any? I don't think so. Uh, I mean, what Clea's to Vel. Oh, yes. I don't have... Uh, lately, I have always. Mm-hmm. Um... Can you rank them, or what is your favorite? Luthens is the best one by far. It's amazing. Luthens is the best one by far. I would maybe put Nemec second because of what it means and how much it means. Um, and then third, I would probably put Marva's. Mm, I think Marva's is second. Third is, uh, um, Kino. Ki- no, no, no. Okay, let's let's do this again. Luthen is number one. Two is Marva. 
Three is Nemec. Four is Kino. Five is Clea. Clea? Clea. Clea. Agreed. I think I think I agree. I think Marv is definitely second. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. It was just a really power switch. And it was all distorted where she was like, where what was that word she used? And it was just like, and it got all... It got all warbled. Yeah, and, and even in the thing, it says like warbled. Even the Ugh. in the close cre- caption, it was oh these bastards. Yeah, it was so good. It was so good. Um, yeah, just incredible writing. On a, a plus Fiona Shaw. All right, are you giving this ten? Out, if you, I'm assuming you're giving this ten out of ten, uh, or are you going eleven out of ten for this for the for season one? This is eleven because it has changed something. I think in what we've gotten and what for star Wars and for Disney plus, I think it's, it's pretty groundbreaking. Yeah. I give it 11 death star parts out of 10 because what it does for me, death star widgets. Yes. What it does for me is I don't want this type of tone or star Wars show every single time, but if I can go from Mando to this and Mando to this, like, yeah, that's what I want. I want the fun kind of, you know, Western of Mandalorian um, with these, that stuff. I can't wait for the Rebels sequel of Ahsoka. I can't wait. F- and, but then I can't wait to get back to the Tinker Soldiers, Tinker Taylor Soldier Star Wars of Andor. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that espionage thriller. All of these tones of Star Wars kind of, um, you know, in, in rep, if you will. Uh, has just been an absolute dream and delight. I think that the Mando stuff is the, there's like the practical, like Lucasness of it. Sure. But this, and this is not that to me, which it might not be a good thing to everyone. Yeah. But I think that that's why the show, it doesn't feel Lucasy. It feels something, it feels like someone else's, someone else has been given the reins to a Star Wars project and it's just different and i really really like it but you're right i don't necessarily want it every time right but i want to elevate people's taste to appreciate this because i think it's really valuable and again we didn't see a single jedi we didn't see a skywalker we didn't see a saber yeah we saw a crystal right but that's it how refreshing how refreshing yeah so i hope you all Tell everyone you know to watch it, even if they don't like Star Wars, yeah. because the show needs to be seen. Well, nerds, don't come at me with no damn gifts, but we hope you had as much fun as we did, and we hope you will join us in a couple of days for a very special interview episode with a very special guest. And it's a small universe in a multiverse of other nerd verses. The subscriptions, follows, and reviews are super important for us to grow. So be sure you're subscribed to the Nerdverse with Joanna and Brian on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And follow along on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at the Nerdverse Pod. We thank you so much for listening and following along. Please keep telling all your nerdy friends about us. And remember this. Try.